Hi everybody, I'm Sil Prabhjot and uh, I have been following Jersey since my school days. So currently I'm doing masters, so you can tell, you can see how much time it's it's been like 10, 12 years more than that. I'm following Chelsea since then. So, Great. Um, where were you, Enoch? Um, I've been following Chelsea since I was five, and yeah, it's been around 12 years for me as well. But it's okay. it's yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Cool. Justin is a Liverpool supporter. I know him pretty well. Justin, please. Hi guys. Justin, guys. Hi guys. Uh, my name is Justin. I'm a Liverpool supporter. I've been supporting Liverpool from 2004 because my cousin also was a Liverpool fan too. So that's why I started supporting the club. Nice. And we have Sahib. He's also a debutant with us. He's also a Liverpool supporter, I guess. And um, Sahib, yeah. So hello, um, my name is Saheb, and I'm a Liverpool supporter. I've been supporting the Red, the Reds for the past seven years now. Um, got in love with Stevie G when I was like six years old. Yeah. Oh, nice one, nice. So I see it's just us Liverpool fans and Chelsea fans. We don't have anyone else <laughs> from the club, but we are expecting a Gunner to come in too. So. Okay, so let's just start with the first match. He'll join us in the meanwhile. Um, so the first match we'll be discussing is Chelsea versus Leeds, uh, and we were all expecting a really high octane game, you know. And it did happen in the first half. It was pretty much equal in the first half. Both teams were constantly uh, playing toe to toe, and they were contesting each other. There wasn't even a second's uh, rest um, when it comes to them not pressing, and they were really showing a lot of quality. And the first goal that came out was again fantabulous. We expected Leeds to carry on that momentum again. But as Chelsea fans, again, you've been pretty used to conceding that first goal because you have a tendency to yeah. bounce back with four or five goals. So, what is your uh, opinion on this? I think the first goal which happened, I think which maybe I think it was due to some rare misjudgment and also might be some lack of communication with Zuma also, but. Uh, After then, they recovered very easily. I think mm. the second half also they totally overtook the you know midfield when also when Kovacic came on. So I think yep. that's when that's when uh, uh, things start uh, things started to fall in place for Chelsea. Right. And and uh, I think we we all be we we all, we all be seeing uh, uh, waiting for uh, Lampard's. Press conference in for the next week about uh, Aziz's uh, condition about his. Oh yeah, condition. man, he got injured. Yeah, he's a very important player. He, I think he played for like I think for twenty thirty minutes. Uh, when first True. goal happened, he he uh, he uh, he got substituted in the after the first goal itself. He passed to he passed to the Aziz. Uh, he passed and uh, goal happened and it. And he got injured. I think okay. hamstring problem. It, luckily, uh, it's not the injury with uh, on the right knee. It's the hamstring problem. It's not. It, yeah. So let's just get on with Enoch. Enoch again, your um, fellow blue has actually touched base upon the fact that okay, Z H got got injured. But are you happy that Pulis has got a chance and he actually scored a last minute goal as well? And how did you yeah. find his performance throughout the match? We have to remember that Pulisic is coming back off a string of multiple injuries, so it's it's very important that 
we don't overexert him but it's also important that he does get his minutes so i think this will be a real boost to his confidence as you know that once you score a goal once you see the ball in the back of the net it really helps you in the next game it helps you push your game it helps you push yourself further and further and i think another thing that we have to remember is that the first goal we have to give credit to leeds um that was not an easy pass to play it was pinpoint to bamford respectively irrespective of where zuma and thiago silva were positioned that was pinpoint it it's like there could be no better pass that bamford could have received and he finished very well in all due credit to him but we have to also we have to always have that respect for the opposition leeds tried their best True. they ran at us they ran they used their high octane they threw all the bodies at us but we showed the new this new i'm 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 going to stress this new chelsea resilience that we are getting to see this new sort of character mm. that our players are developing so it was really quite heartwarming to see chelsea yeah. throw the numbers back at them and um it's the we are the first team to outrun leeds like our players ran more miles than leeds we are the first team this True. season to outrun them so it just shows that frank lampard is really doing things at this club that we didn't expect him to do right you're absolutely pinpoint with that analysis you know why because even i wanted to talk about the energy levels that chelsea showed if it were probably any other club i think it would uh, a club like liverpool again the scoreline was pretty dicey uh, you've seen the first match so yeah yeah very true it was pretty complicated for liverpool to crack them out but chelsea did that and it was a good job especially in the second half i think leeds they showed a lot of um, again they were pretty leggy that um, after 60 60th minute mark is when i think robert cock actually got injured and that is the time they actually fell apart because the replacement wasn't that effective we all know robert cock knows how to hold mm-hmm. the midfield the defense yeah, yeah. as well and calvin phillips as well was trying so much man he could defend some medi nodes he knows how to open the opposition up but yeah. i don't know how how come this is the first time i actually saw chelsea being so uh cohesive at the same time though being toe to toe pressing they were very confident on the off the ball as well so jostin what do you think about uh, you know chelsea and also if you could say something about leeds their first half performance yeah leeds leeds were impressive and uh, for me one player in chelsea is everywhere engolo kante he was going <laughs> left back he was in midfield he's everywhere I think he's a vital part for that Chelsea team and he he just shows why he why he's the best mid, uh, defensive midfield in the world and Giroud is back scoring Werner he missed an open almost an open goal but then he went on and gave an assist to Pulisic but uh, like uh, as someone mentioned like Chelsea outrun Leeds and to outrun re- Leeds you need that you know that power that precision everything you need you need to have that stamina to mm. you know uh, for the high press which they have and leeds yes you know that first goal was you know really good but then just chelsea showed up it showed against uh, leeds and chelsea are looking very very dangerous and it's showing the first few games you know they were struggling and now you can yep. see they are clicking that uh, you know chemistry is there between them that's what i see in chelsea right now and i don't know about zh because zh is a really really important player for them uh, i feel right. like so i don't know how long he will be out but zh is an important player but the way they played against leeds very 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 well i'm impressed with that chelsea team especially angolo kante right so let's just get gorov into the scene gorov yeah hello 
Hi, hi. How are you? So, um, uh, I don't know if you've seen Leeds versus Everton the week before, and we saw how the Rennie-led um, Rafinha was made a transfer to Leeds. He actually was really good in that match. He showed his trickery. He showed his paces. He showed his dribbling. But against yeah. Chelsea, even though he got a good match rating, I felt he wasn't really there in the game. He wasn't really making anything happen apart from a couple of runs which he tried getting into. I didn't see much from him. So, where do you think Leeds could have done better, man, as a team? Um, I think you know uh, consistency in you know uh, a starting lineup uh, for Rafinha, especially if you ask me about Rafinha, he needs to you know get in the team uh, because uh, for me. Lead is a like a team which likes to press and everything, and uh, with uh, Rafinha being there, uh, not starting as many games as you know other players have uh, getting, you know. True. Uh, That's a good point. I I think I think a consistency in the starting lineup must be there, and uh, for that I think they they need to conserve their energy as well as in you know because uh, week after week if. Uh, they push like the the way they play the uh, the players get go, go out of you know the energy wali cheese and um, yeah uh, so they, the stamina i guess do know the the overall uh, momentum of the team is very high line and very pressing so the yeah. rotations need to be there and because of that there is no consistency in the line, starting lineup and so the chemistry needs to you know get a uh, uh, build around the players so when you see the same faces when this when you see the same lineup every now and then uh, you uh, you perform better as a team and that i guess that needs to be you know taken in account for as in for leeds so i like the fact that you press on the point that leeds you know they revolve actually the game is all about how the work rate that they show on the pitch and how demanding bls yeah. as a manager But, yeah, you know, yeah. We can't expect them to play like that in each and every match, which is why I think they were pretty leggy and tired in the second half. But I'd like to ask Sahib. This Sahib is leads. You know, they actually committed a high number of sing- individual errors as well. They weren't as brilliant as they usually are. Fluidic in their build-ups. They have the quickest build-up succession in the Premier League till now this season. The way uh, we've seen Ailing, Dallas, they're so versatile. They can go ahead. They can play behind. Uh, again, what? Uh, would you think Bielsa as a manager would be disappointed with their performance, or is this the best they could have done against Chelsea? Okay, so the first thing when you hear the name Marcelo Bielsa comes is man marking, comes is running, the possession play. I mean, Leeds lagged everywhere for me in that game. As a manager, Marcelo Bielsa, he must be disappointed in the team's performance because, like, we have seen that. Uh, the number nine, Patrick Bamford, um, he come, he drops back to a uh, man mark, yeah. which 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 really lagged in that game. Le- it it was almost like Leeds. They didn't even try. I mean, they they tried, but it wasn't good enough for Marcelo Bielsa as a manager to be satisfied with the team's performance. True. So I mean, I, I mean, I saw Bamford come couple of times. You know, he tracked back and stuff. But again, you're right. He there wasn't any quality pressing, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, anything else you'd like to add about Chelsea? Okay, so one thing I I really wanted to say 
um uh, you think that leads are the uh, most you know uh, they run a lot chelsea right. outran them by 6 kilometers yeah. i mean we haven't seen that yet in premier league until now true so, so i mean that was also the reason you could see the players um, who don't like that much to run like thiago silva they were getting right. very much exhausted so right. they were injury they are very injury prone as well true so yeah that, that i mean that was the main reason uh, um, chelsea players were exhausted and maybe that was also the reason zek got injured i mean right. that was pretty early in the game as well but zek is not the kind of player who you think he would run miles and miles to you know go and score or assist the pass right but um, you know i'd like the chelsea fans to come into the scene again uh, so i actually went wrong with the um, cork um, injury he actually got injured very early in the game but lorenz yeah, yeah. do you think his performance uh, he made his debut with um, that substitution do you think he was okay with the way he played as a center half or do you think he would have done better provided that he's come in from a la liga team i don't uh, it's a very tricky situation he played his his best i think in that situation kind of situation i think and uh, right. but prabjot uh, i want to ask another question man what do you think about kai havertz he's been one of those expensive signing that he I, yeah yeah i think that when he got signed uh, when when chelsea was in the earlier uh, start of the season they used to play i think 4231 formation yes. 4231 formation now they they usually uh, now frank has changed the formation to 433 so i think uh, that may have played some role in uh, <laughs> what do we say like declining his form for the past right. few weeks especially after he got uh, covid positive recovered from covid positive covid right. uh, i think that's why i think maybe it's a temporary form but it will and also yesterday i think uh, in the uh, champions league match and uh, mm-hmm. he didn't perform that much but uh, i think it, he will have to um, adjust according according to the frank lampard's plan and uh, time will only tell i we have everybody every chelsea fan have and totally high hopes on him because he yeah. he's a very you know uh, he he has shown in uh, in his past la uh, german league so i think uh, maybe it will it will take time for him to seriously gel up again to make some chemistry i think right like we can't say anything right now but we but initially showed some um, showed very good uh he's performed very well initially in the start of season when we were playing 4231 formation now the formation has changed he has slightly dropped like in the midfield he usually plays uh, attacking midfielder right so i think yeah. that may be one of the reasons so it, um again inok i'd like you to comment i'd like you to ask another question actually we've actually seen how uh, well prabhjot has described that for us that how havertz is playing at the moment but Uh, Havertz has played in all positions almost for Chelsea. Like he's played at uh, ZHS position. He's played as a number eight. He's played on the left as well. He's played as a, not a false nine, but a number ten position as well. So uh, he's not actually starting the starting eleven since we've seen Mason Mount performing well. Since we we have been seeing ZH, uh, he's regular in the team now. So do you think is it concerning that Havertz the price tag will come into the scene at some point of time? It'll Probably, you know, um, twinkle with Lampard's intentions of 
the starting 11 he wants to go ahead with do you think Havertz is actually being sidelined to play cup matches or will he be playing only the yeah the cup matches and not the premier league do you think he won't be a regular starter because you guys have so many players to start off the game with what is your take on that enoch see we have to remember that there are quite a few factors at play one is he's only 21 years old and he's shifting from germany to england these are two very different environments both on the pitch and off the pitch it's like it will take a huge toll on your mental and physical life when you're shifting environments you're moving houses you're getting to know new people he was living in a hotel for 4 weeks and he just got a new house so off right. the field matters are also taking you know you there is a there is pressure from the off field thing and you also have to remember he just had coronavirus for 2 weeks and reports right. were saying that he was bedridden like it was it was a serious case it was no oh just a passing cold he was having trouble in breathing he was bedridden so we have to remember that these are young people and it's we are they're not expected to perform immediately especially considering the circumstances in this coronavirus period and if you are when we are talking about his place in the starting lineup a fully fit Kai Havertz starts in every single Chelsea lineup and it's clear he has the class he is a quality quality player but he right. just needs to he hasn't reached that 100% in fitness yet he's still hovering around that 75% mark which is why some some pundits you know these so called pundits they'll say oh he's a lazy he's a lazy player no he's coming from the Bundesliga where he's a primarily attacking player he wasn't supposed to defend he is a cam you would say no, he's, but here he, he i think he's defending decently eight. too he gives good cover to, to the chelsea oh, yes. attacking line see, see that's the thing that's a part of his game that no one has seen he's now yeah. running back he's running the whole length of the field to make a you know to take a man down he'll do slide tackles he's giving his all so it's yeah. i'm i have full faith in kai havertz he's he's going to play as a number 8 he can play as a number 10 He's a fully fit Kai Havertz will start for Chelsea, and um, if when people are saying will he start over Mason Mount, no, they'll start together. No. They're both yep. gonna play as number eight. So yeah, I don't think we should. Uh, Chelsea fans should worry about Kai Havertz not starting. Yep. Okay, I think that's a fair point. But uh, if you ask yourself this, like Kovacic also was actually sidelined before we saw that. Okay, Havertz went down with COVID, but Kovacic. started with Tammy ahead of him he helped Tammy in securing that goal that Tammy scored after we didn't really expect Tammy to come into the scene when we expected Werner to be playing at the number 9 position but he started off as a left forward now he plays as a LAM but do you think that okay if Kovacic is in form if Havertz is in form again you would prefer going in with a starting 11 but do you think Lampard would actually do that would he start in Havertz at this season instead of starting Kovacic who's actually had a good exposure with the Premier League and he's more mature than Havertz is Havertz being one of the youngest players over there and Mason Mount's performance I wouldn't actually even lay a finger on him because he's been exceptional man defensively attacking he's been there for the team full in love exactly so it's that See, that, that was actually my question so if you could reiterate okay. what he said yeah okay I'll I'll reiterate another um one other thing that we are really missing out is how many games there are this season um clubs like chelsea uh, who are playing champions league football you know like unlike some you know certain manchester clubs so right. um, yeah so clubs like chelsea um we are playing two games a week on a minimum right every right. week week in week out and you can't expect the same players to play each match you know like most players there are players like mason mount who are gifted 
stamina wise to play both matches the full 90 minutes but then there are players like Thiago Silva who won't play the 90 minutes the same goes for Kovacic and Kai Havertz we can't right. use both of them for 90 minutes and expect them to play the next match a full 90 minutes as well one has to be rested one has to play so it's i think there's going to be a very fluid interchange at the moment as right now there is no clear difference there's no clear difference between who is better who is worse because they both have their own special traits so i think there's going to be a quite a fluid interchange between who's starting who is not but i think the the problem chelsea or lampard is having right now is having too many good players to pick from so it's a good headache for him but yeah i mean mm-hmm. we fans are never going to be satisfied with who he's going to start because there's always some good player now who's going to be left on the bench yeah i mean right. it's just it's it this question can go on and on you can ask this question over and over again we'll never <laughs> come to a right there's never a concrete answer there's never a True. it's not a black and white answer so yeah i think we just have to accept the fact that neither of them is going to start every game because you have you we have to agree mount is in phenomenal form no one is near mount at the moment in our midfield setup you know so i think we just have to we have to resignedly just accept the fact that they'll be into switching right uh gorov man what do you think about again this is i want your spontaneous answer from you If given a, yeah. if given a chance here, you are Frank Lampard's assistant. Would you recommend him starting with Abraham or would you go in with Giroud? Given the form Giroud is showing at the moment, uh, I would like to like on uh, this. I definitely I'll choose Abraham over Giroud. No, like no disrespect to him. He's a wonderful striker. He's a target man. Uh, uh, you know every PLT wants. and uh, especially in this current form he is and he is scoring goals and he is <laughs> damn he is scoring many goals yeah but i why uh, just because ibrahim likes to you know he is young and he likes to you know get in behind and get all the runs and everything jirud is a man who wants the ball on his feet you know so he is a target man specifically like he wants the ball in, in the air or he wants the ball to his feet in the box where he can you know just find the gap and just place the ball and you know just finish the ball uh, he's a brilliant finisher but ibrahim on the other hand can you know handle few situations well right hello yeah yeah, yeah. uh ibrahim on the other hand can uh, handle few situations really well uh yeah. especially you know uh, getting getting in behind the defenders and taking those runs which uh, probably jirut is not you know as uh, quick you can't do that yeah. is probably not as uh, agile or you know ibrahim is a more versatile striker to have and i'd like him to you know be there more for chelsea rather than jirut yeah i mean that's a fair point because he's younger than jirut is But I think the form that Giroud is showing, he shouldn't be really not sidelined because of that. I think they should take out the maximum he can give right now, in my opinion. But I'd like um, Justin and Sahib to comment on, um, uh, you know, Thiago Silva and uh, Zuma being one of the best centre halves in the Premier League right now. What do you guys think as Liverpool fans? Okay, so uh, I just want to start it like this: Kurt Zuma is not just like. a defensive player in corners he has scored the same amount of goals as timo werner this <laughs> true true i mean but, kurt but, zuma but you guys might 
argue with the fact that this that okay Timo Werner actually not has missed out on a couple of goals, but he actually compensates that with the pace and with the build-ups that he's been involved in. You know, he's been involved in good eleven to twelve goals for Chelsea, despite not giving those assists maybe or scoring them. But Timo is actually a very intricate part yeah. of the team. I totally agree with everything. I think the pace is a his pace is also a threat to the opposition. On the other hand, like if he's in scoring goal, he's on. He's also he's always ready with his pace. Uh, right. Yeah. Sorry, I de- deviated a bit, but yeah, continue. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Kurt Zuma, I mean, he is an ex- exceptional player to have in your team. I mean, he alongside Thiago Silva um, can form like one of the best centre-back pairing. I mean, yeah. this season they have been 100%. I mean, for the next season, like that's only when till Thiago Silva has his contract. So, they can form a commendable duo with right. Thiago Silva with not that pacey Zuma covering up for him but with Thiago Silva is that he he is, you know, um, uh, he gives very good, you know, tackles. He is very good with those. He doesn't let the attacker to, you know, go through him like he's not even there. I mean, like, True, um, there are some exceptions like, of course, the West Brom game, he made a very big mistake. Which costed them the first goal. So, I mean, it was it was his debut as well. Right. So, he was adapting to with the team. I mean, but the main problem with Thiago Silva is that he won't understand because he doesn't know English. With Zuma, he might, but with the fullbacks, with Aspi uh, and with you know Reese James, um, well yeah. he won't. Um, no, he won't be able to communicate with them. So that True. might just cause problems in their defense. Maybe, maybe. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. But maybe might yeah. happen in a match or two. Yeah, I remember, I, sorry, sorry to interrupt. But no. uh, I, when, when uh, Thiago Silva started uh, in the early games, and uh, uh, even when uh, uh, SP used to start, uh, right in the early games, uh, or these games, so, uh, uh, Spigliota also knows English, oh sorry, French. So, and uh, MND also knows French. He's, he's coming from French League. So, I think that may be not a problem in now, now but uh, maybe sure he, Sahib has pointed out that it's a, it, it, it might be a problem in the future. But uh, I don't think it's happening right now. And also, I think uh, Chelsea will offer him a contract, uh, offer him a contract very surely next, next season also. Mean offering, offering Thiago Silva. Yeah, so offering Thiago Silva another contract might be problem because he has almost lost his entire pace. He cannot, you know, cope up with the um, pace of the Premier League. Yeah, I know, I know, but I think they must be. Frank has that might be having that in mind. And may also be looking for the replacement of Thiago Silva, right? Uh, because you know, it, he might he he has he, it's the right point. He has lost lost his pace and he can't uh, play every match, right? It's a very long season, a very hectic uh, very hectic scheduling. But I think um, he uh, he may be allowed to uh, continue next season with the backup, right? 
right yeah. but 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 i want to interrupt here dude because you've picked up on a very good point okay that you probably are searching for another center half Justin this is where you come in do you don't you think as as Pilicueta has actually had that experience he's a leader and he's not getting that time to play but he can act, act as a right center half and he's played in that position alongside Reece James plenty of times so what is your take on that yeah as we is there you know and even Christensen is there which you yeah, know he's not had the greatest oh, hello yeah go on go on oh uh, yeah He's not had the greatest so form so for for me Christensen and that is a problem. So uh, I don't like for me Thiago Silva and Zuma right now are the best two centre backs in the Premier League. No other, no one else comes. Maybe you can see Spurs, uh, Eric Dyer and uh, uh, Alderweire are really good in the position. Oh yeah. So for me, yes. But I, uh, for me, I think uh, they will go for the centre back because they need one, uh, and you know Thiago Silva can teach Christensen and Zuma. So yeah, so that's what Thiago Silva brings experience. If he is lost pace, also he brings experience for me. Right. Okay. One last take on this match. We'll get on to the next match. But Enoch, I want your take on what your fellow blue has actually spoken about. Okay, needing another centre half. Don't you think Rudiger? Or Christensen can be molded in a way that they can perform, start performing. Like even Joe Gomez and Matty had a very poor form in a couple of seasons. So, what is your take on that? Quite honestly, I always wanted Christensen to step up to reach the level of Chelsea's first team. But um, I've been watching him recently play, and he just doesn't have the quality necessary for Chelsea. Now, note he's a very, very good player, but now the bar at Chelsea has been has been raised it's now now we are looking at much better now we are potentially world class players we are looking at we aren't settling for a uh, christensen we aren't settling for a barclay in our midfield so um a thing i would say is rudiger he is the perfect i would say he is our perfect backup player he's not going to be our first team player as we have seen him featuring he features in every champions league game and he's doing very very well he's being very well in the he's performing well in the air he's performing well on the ground i think he's he's maturing slowly as a backup player and i think he'll be a great you know like the backup center back that we need but um thiago silva i would say he lasts maybe two more years at a stretch and after that we really need to start pursuing we need to start looking already for a new center back and i would say david alaba would be a shout because he's still around 28 and he has lots of miles left in him he's really fast really good with the ball at his feet i think he would be the perfect replacement and his contract at bayern is running out this year but don't you think liverpool are chasing him down too um i think right now the project that frank lampard is having it's a very very exciting project liverpool right. is great of course you have the they are the champions of england at least for this season means most likely next season too but they have the lure that they are the champions but i think the project that frank lampard is building i really think it's very appealing to footballers right now who are seeing young players a mix of young players and old players and world class players i think i would think it would be enough to get david alaba the only thing that would stop 
Chelsea from getting David Alba is his fees. Like supposedly he's asking about three fifty k a week, and that's mm. a bit much. It's a bit much, in all honesty. Another one right. is um, uh, Jimenez. I think his name is from Atletico Madrid. He has expressed interest oh, in yeah. joining Chelsea, and he's he only twenty four. So he would be another perfect, you know, long term plan. Because eventually Thiago Silva, no matter how great he is, no matter how perfectly he's keeping his body, not drinking wine, not drinking alcoholic beverages, he still will yeah. one day have to step down as a player. So yeah, we have to look for a replacement. Okay, guys, I don't know if you are actually comfortable with the Burnley versus Everton match, but I thought it was pretty important because this match was again very competitive. But whoever is comfortable can answer the questions. But I'd like to start. Uh, the match by actually discussing about how Burnley gave a good tough fight. Like we know, the Burnley who actually like to sit deep and defend, but in this match, I thought they weren't really doing that. They wanted to press onto Everton because they knew they would uh, come to those high individual errors that Everton as of late has started committing. So, and again with the inclusion of young players like Brady, Westwood, Brownhill, I could see a bit of creativity coming from the mid as well. The first goal that they scored was again a great goal. Uh, again, the, we don't really expect much from a Burnley team, even when they're playing against Everton, because they are not really high on quality. But would anyone want to comment on um, how Everton was struggling, you know, to even score against uh, Burnley in the first half? But they scored on in the forty-fifth minute when Richarlison actually gave in a good ball to um, you know Calvert Lewin, and how they actually struggled with Calvert Lewin actually operating ahead alone. Don't you think Everton suit a two-striker role better? Than a one striker role. What is your take on all of this? Uh, yeah, can I say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, with Everton now, you know, you can see uh, teams are getting to know what Carlo Ancelotti is doing, and the main for me is the right side for me, where uh, uh, where Hamas uh, Rodriguez doesn't like to track back, so he doesn't like to track back and doesn't like to. Make those tracking back runs and to help Seamus Coleman. So some teams pick that out and they do so many individual errors also. And uh, like first when they started, not many teams knew that, but slowly, slowly they picked it out. And you know Burnley, we know they were they struggled, you know, and then Everton uh, they struggled before, but in this game Burnley showed up and you know I I knew they would give a fight to Everton because. Everton are really, really struggling. Also, Burnley was struggling, but this game showed. And for me, like Calvert Lewin, now, now you know you can see the service is getting a little bit less for him. Before it was, you know, before the service was good. Now teams know what to do against Everton. So for me, that's the problem, man. Yeah. You know, so, so you're absolutely on point there, but but I forgot to mention that the fullbacks aren't really playing because I think uh, Dini is injured and Seamus is also injured. So I think they're really struggling with not playing with those regular fullbacks. They're actually playing with Godfrey on the right, who's actually a Norwich product, and they're playing uh, with um, three centre halves actually. So yeah, that's what he. Uh, that's what that system I feel like doesn't suit Everton much, and with Digne and you know Coleman injured. They are vital for these, you know, crosses especially, mm. and that's what Calvert Lewin is not getting, and Hamis Rodriguez is getting caught many times because he doesn't track back. So yep. that's where their their problems is. Yeah, I mean, 
ओके आई गो विद एनीवन एनीवन वांट टू ऐड एनीथिंग और प्रभजोत गौरव you know carlo ancelotti was like i used to follow uh, him back in like 2014 when he won the ucl uh, with real madrid and yeah, he was phenomenal he was phenomenal yeah it was an easy team to handle because bale cristiano and uh, benzema and everyone was, was at the peak but he True. did a wonderful job but the problem where uh, ancelotti the, the thing he lacks is the fact that his team Uh, gets predictable his tactics are very easy to read you know uh, he uh, does the same thing over and over again and with the opposition changing i guess you have to adapt in certain situations in certain you know against certain teams you need to change your tactics a little bit uh, and he doesn't do that i don't see him doing that you know the usual hames rodriguez picking up the ball passing it to rachalison or delf or allen like you know to the left flank and ball going in for the D, uh, uh, dcl uh, i guess that is a routine and if a team can read that in actually not doing much you know uh, at the previous game week when ivo be uh, scored that goal when he took that run from the right side and it was unpredictable he did something that was not you know that was something they were not doing on a consistent basis or a regular basis and that was that caught the team off guard so i guess uh, ancelotti needs to Change few things. Um, maybe play Richarlison and DCL as a central striker. Like you know, play Iwobi up front in the wings. And I don't know because he is basically the Everton side is lacking confidence in the ball. Because I could see uh, certain players like Dukore uh, or uh, Allen. They're pretty nice with the ball, but. Uh, In the last few games, they have been very casual with the possession. The the possession, the way they lose possession, is very you know concerning for uh, Carlo Ancelotti because mm. he he likes to you know have the possession. Uh, in the game, the stats sh- uh, show sixty percent possession, but it was Burnley. In but, any against any other team, they'll do not have uh, this uh, sort of possession that they had. and that right. that is for me i guess you know, the thing which but uh, if you have to praise him or if you uh, have to say in something in favor of everton is that yeah they don't have the dean factor in their team which uh, yeah. on the left flank and lechalison has just come back from an injury we can't forget that that he's not at his 100% it will take few games to you know settle in settle up again but i don't think so that that is an excuse against uh, a team like burnley because everton started their season on a very fantastic note and i think if they would have continued they would have uh, given problems to teams like even like chelsea or tottenham but now i don't see like that yeah. uh, that spark is gone from the team so, so yeah we need to uh, i agree with everything you said but yeah Um, I think no one's really watched the match, man. Apart from you both, so I think we shall move on. <laughs> yeah. I uh, want to make one point about Everton is that okay? I still feel last last season when they were playing with a four four two, that is something which they should do now because you have to. Uh, uh, I mean, you have extra wing backs, or you can say wingers like Ebobi. You have even uh, Hamis who can actually play on the wings. Mm-hmm. You have Richarlison and Calvert who can play ahead as strikers. So I don't think I think they should fall into the system. But anyways. Let's get on with the next match. Um, West Ham versus Manchester United, man. I, I'm sure you guys must have watched this. 
Yeah. Um, let's just uh, start the game with Chirag. Yeah. Hi man, Hi. how are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How how do you feel after United lost last night? Uh <laughs> that's a very uh you know that that's like rubbing salt on the wound. But anyways because of course we crashed out of uh, UCL. Although as a United fan, I think we had very slim chances of winning the silverware at the end of the road. But right. anyways, uh we crashed out of group stage so it's 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 sad of course. But yeah, we have to deal with it and I think Europa is there, EFL is there and FA is there and Premier League is there which we can still win. Great. So what do you think about the match uh, versus West Ham? Do you think okay, in the first half I actually saw West Ham playing much better than United did. Um Sebastian Haller is an idiot. He's a fucking idiot who actually missed out on that second goal. He could have scored that. He fell on that. See, I don't know what was he doing. Was he high on drugs? What lucky. was he actually? I'll I'll on, on be honest. We got lucky with the second one because uh, he just slipped and fell. And had he not mm-hmm. slipped and fell, we would have had a tough time, you know, equalizing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> But um, anyway, uh, comebacks are nothing. Again, I'd to... actually like to point out to your team's consistency. The United has been like a lot of inconsistency in them because I don't know. I think Ole hasn't found a correct uh, uh, match in the team. Like uh, sometimes he plays last time, last, uh, last. Uh, no uh the last match versus last night match versus leipzig uh, he benched ogba and uh, totally defended i i was i thought he was looking for a draw maybe but uh, after then uh, they could they could have easily i think taken down the match if they have put the ogba or any other player uh, in the midfield also they scored two goals i think they could have scored one more three all and maybe they could have a chance to No, um, get uh, when uh, go to the round of 16. I think that uh, kind of tactics. Uh, it's it's on only I think now. How he plays. What are you talking about? Last night's match or are you talking about the West Ham match? Uh, I am uh, talking about both matches. I think talking about the inconsistency. Exactly. Um, so I'm sorry. I wanted to pick up on a point, man. Actually, the first again, again West versus West Ham. I thought your guys couldn't even get the ball to Cavani. First of all, he was trying to be yeah. a little mobile and set the D. Alex Telles mm-hmm. tried with one cross. Okay, he it went for a corner. Even we spoke about that on Instagram. But you know, apart from that, in the second half, okay, you guys won the match. But it was all on all in all, a Bruno. You know, Mata they provided assists and Pogba's wonder um, wonderous goal. He was there, but we don't really see him United. Week in week out with the same players who are performing, where it's actually a rotated squad. And even versus Leipzig last night, I felt you guys were totally lazy in the first half. Leipzig were like totally the way they play; they went on fire. They were like, we have to cut them down. We cannot let them get across us. And that is what they actually lived up to. And especially without a player like Opamecano, which Premier League giants are actually targeting him now, I don't think he'll be on the radar now. It'll be other centre halves from La Liga, but. having said that without such a major player in the center half you have slower players like konikoyata and konate whatever his name is i mean still they won the match man so uh, united need to sort this stuff out even if they're scraping out wins against southampton which was again a close match even the match after that was pretty close so what is your take on that chirag so as i just said that uh, comebacks are nothing new for manchester united i mean even if we got we get pinned down 
in uh, the first half we do generally come back in the second half but i mean this tactic does not really work or the strategy does not really work always because um, you know the other team might be you know after giving their set of uh, their set of goals so they generally tend to be a little defensive so it's difficult to break that barrier and give a goal having said that i was reading in one of the news reports that uh, in the earlier match when uh, united actually defeated salzburg uh, ole did not use that same formation uh, in in this in last night so i think that's something which ole should learn that you know whatever is tried and tested you should use that tactics if it doesn't work then at least you can say okay i have used something which is tried and tested but he used a completely different formation and um, and and that just uh, spelled the death knell for us well, i think your defense was being covered by whatever the midfielders or the center defensive midfielders whatever matter chiefs to play mctominay has come in fred was actually contesting well against psg i think they got covered well but i wouldn't say maguire wasn't okay he was okay but lindelof van bissaka alex telles defensively you guys have major issues when it comes to the flanks but that someone someone else should come into the conversation man what do you guys think about leipzig's performance against united last match last night uh, uh leipzig uh, tore down the manchester united defense like there they, it wasn't even there manchester united were playing five at the back with including mctominay and fred so that makes like seven defensive players angelino I mean, he ripped Manchester United, and he ripped Aaron Van Bissaka. I mean, I I actually praise Van Bissaka a lot. I rate him a lot as one of the best uh, right backs in the world at the moment. But I mean, last night his performance was shambolic. We have to say that. Totally. It 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 was really very shambolic. Um, Manchester United actually gave it all in the last few minutes. But uh, when we talk about Manchester United's defense, I don't see it coming back until Maguire is still starting. Maguire was decent for a few games um, uh, recently, but I mean the standards has again dropped. That eighty million um, thing that that eighty million price was never matched with Maguire. and like then manchester when manchester united is that they need good defenders in their team they need that experience um but um all over if if we are talking about manchester united i mean uh, one person is the who is carrying manchester united at the moment and he is of course bruno fernandes i mean ole i guess wants to build the team around him so that he can you know you know uh, he is like a goal machine he is like a assist machine he does everything for the club he i mean he, he is almost on the score sheet every game right um yeah others yeah, can also so, mention yeah yeah gorovinok gorovinok yeah yeah okay Uh, so I'd like to point out Saheb on the fact that yeah, Maguire was uh, purchased for like eighty million or yeah, but the fact that if you look at if we we'll go back and see the crisis we had then, 
good we we had to pay we had to pay less to the amount they are demanded you know we were in like severe crisis we didn't have a center back let alone we we didn't have options to pay, play anyone else i guess sorry yeah yeah i mean yeah, that was that is a right thing but um at that moment i i can say that i mean with lecester maguire was very good he was he used to play he used to play as he was one of the best i mean if not the best center back in the premier league he he was actually class back then but now again um united with united uh, he never lived up to the mark that's what i was trying to no i mean statistically if you look at him he has won more uh, duels you know air duels let it be air duels let it be one on one marking yeah there has been like sloppy defending but i don't think so only maguire has been that bad i guess overall uh, defensively united has been lacking that composure uh, you know with like if, if you look at yesterday's game uh, they they were you know the the flanks were used pretty well uh, by the lebzik you know if you look at the lebzik yeah sorry my bad uh the the fact that uh no i, have, bo- I wasn't i wasn't laughing at that i was laughing at something else yeah go on <laughs> okay sorry uh like the the ball that was provided and uh but it comes into the box and you have like five defenders inside the box and you couldn't clear the ball like Leipzig like, somehow manages to score a goal there, and that was like you know embarrassing, embarrassing for a manager who who at the, in the start of the game he's saying that we have to defend really well, we have to place five at the back, and despite that they concede three goals. Like it was, I mean, in attack, dude, I don't even care what you guys are doing because Bruno and Rashford, yeah, Greenwood, they're all carrying the attack, but in defensively united is um i mean i don't see them coming back unless and until there are like few uh, signings like i don't know they were targeting upa and i and especially i don't know how who to blame because when uh, ole was demanding for upa uh, the board was sleeping edward woods was texting i don't know what he was doing he didn't planned players that uh, united want that ole wanted then he demanded few players i mean that i think that thing has changed since uh, sir alex said you know the players might um, have stopped um, you know other teams don't really pay heed to anything which manchester united demands right now because at the moment we've seen that even with the transfer saga that went on and on we saw kavani was also mm-hmm. you know he was a panic buyer so i think it was a last minute thing but what do you yeah, think you yeah. know what is your take on yeah i'm sorry gorov uh, let's just like quickly wind it up you know what do you think about the life they gone united match um i think united as a whole is in a very questionable position right now um when the team walks on the field you don't see a team of 11 players you see 11 individuals um each of them have their own whims their own fancies pogba he wants to run he doesn't want to run it's all up to him they they are you know temperamental i would say um only one of the true one of the few players i would say who's showing a passion who's showing the who's showing a true hunger for a goal i would have to credit bruno, bruno fernandes for that he's really you you can see the moment he comes on he tries to make an impact he's trying to do things positively there's no lazy passing around him he's trying to make inroads so um one thing i would say that yeah i think they're lacking individuals who have character who are showing true character 
I don't see any reason for Pogba to play any more for Man United. The sooner he gets out of the club, the better for the club, the better for the player himself. Because he is not being able to express himself. Man United are not getting the best out of the player, and he's causing a negative um, aspect in the dressing room. As you know, his his agent is always yapping. Mino Raiola. Yeah. He's always saying something or another. So you should never have these players, these sort of players, near any of your clubs if you want your clubs to positively go on. And he's a massive player; like everyone's looking up to him, right? Okay. You won't right. want him near your club. And um, I think Ole actually he's treating this whole tenure at Manchester United as if it's a game of you know football manager. He's trying this tactic one game, then he's trying this tactic the other game. He's trying this tactic the one the next game, and. Um, Oh, some like then some Man- Manchester United fans will be like, oh, but we won this game, we won that game. You haven't won those games on the tactics that you've played. You've won yeah. those on individual brilliance. You can see, yeah. look at for example, if we look at, um, let's say, uh, I'm trying to think of a team which is not that good. Okay, look at Southampton for example. Brighton too, man. Brighton got beaten by that handball fiasco the very first few weeks. Sorry. That Brighton fiasco too. I mean, Brighton isn't that great a team, but they could have won yeah, that match exactly. against United. I think they scraped it because of that handball exactly. incident. You can see the tactics that those teams are playing. They're playing actual tactics. There's no, yeah. there's, there's, but at United, you're not seeing any clear tactical. Um, you know, there's no clear presence of a clear tactic. Like Chelsea is having a clear tactic. You press, you get the ball, you score. Man United, I'm not seeing any of that. There's individual brilliance and credit to the players who are showing this individual brilliance. You saw Pogba yesterday. He tried. He scored a goal. Credit to him. Even if I don't rate him, but you have to credit Bruno. He's he's pulling out all the stops. He's but I'm just. Yeah. I don't think Ole is fit for Man United. They should go for a more experienced manager. Maurizio Sarri is there. So, so then, uh, what? Sorry, yeah. So what I, I I have a point to make here, that is, uh, see, the entire team literally depends upon Bruno. It's it's yeah. a fact, because if if uh, if you say about assists, if you talk about the goals, he's just there. Now a team without him is pretty difficult, and we cannot imagine any match being played without him, unless it's a you know top last uh, four five teams in the league table, which we can defeat with a B team. And as far as Pogba is concerned, that uh, his manager, I mean uh, Ole, actually has lashed out against him. That how can you comment on uh, Pogba's, um, you know, uh, Pogba's performance because he just gave a goal in the West Ham match. So I mean, uh, it's it's actually a tussle between um, Ole and uh, Raiola. But let's see. I mean, I think Pogba should be staying for a while because he. He does shine sometimes when we need, but not of course. No, he's not a very dependable player, but he does shine when it's needed sometimes. Right. See, but, but we have to. But one, I'd like sorry, to make one, one point, man. You know, you actually spoke about how um, Paul Pogba. You know, uh, the only uh, where, uh, facet where I differ with you is where Paul Pogba actually really stepped up in that game. Again, even in the last night. Uh, fixture against Leipzig, he played really well. I thought because with the passes he was giving, even with that last-minute uh, scarer, you know they could have actually scored off that um, touch. I think it would have been a known goal if it, the keeper wouldn't have been there. But again, it's just luck. But Paul Pogba, as a player, you are right that he's very pessimistic as a person. All the negativity that surrounds him is probably because of his agent or whatever influence he's been under. But he's got attitudinal issues, and obviously, no one would want to play like that. But 
I still think he's an asset to United in a way or another man because when you need someone from the bench, he's actually adding on to those um, passes. He's being there. He's actually adding on to a lot of energy from the bench. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, one thing, sorry, um, Lampard when he was not Chelsea's manager, he was reviewing Paul Pogba. He said one thing that I agree. Pogba has the ability. He has everything, ten times of what Lampard had. But he doesn't have the character. Lampard said he doesn't do. Lampard didn't do any fancy stepovers. He got the ball. He would pass the ball. Pogba True. was doing some needless stuff, you know. And I, I really credit Pogba. He's a great player. But you can see, you know, he doesn't do it day in, day out. He is like, yep, you know, yep. he's once every three matches he'll get a world class performance. But are you ready to play a player who only plays once every three matches? Would you rather have a competent player who is giving his all every match? Maybe he doesn't have the ability of Pogba, but you can see the determination. His work rate will be much higher. Cool. I would say even start Donny Van de Beek, for example. He would be pressing all over the place because he knows that he's not getting much game time. This is his chance to prove himself. But Pogba has, you know. I don't know actually. It's like it's very much, very much up for debate. But yeah, no, you're actually view. on point there. He's not a great pair either. I think you just, uh, I don't. I think he's very overrated to be honest. But when it comes to Paul Pogba leaving the team, that'll be, a, uh, you know, it'll be a little worrisome for the squad because they won't have a player who's talented. He is definitely talented. So whatever he shows on the pitch, look, he scores in once in a while too. That too, like those wondrous, you know, long shots. But but I think he'll definitely be a miss if they actually sell him out. But let's just get um, um, yeah. Adi into the conversation. Adi, what do you think about uh, last night's performance? Ah, atrocious performance from United, but it was expected. I'm so happy because we had a lot of United fans all going like hyping up. Oh, we're in the Champions League and and stuff like that. And it's good to see them now come back down to earth, back to the Europa. <laughs> so. So I'm I'm happy, man. I'm ecstatic. It kind of you know puts a bandaid over the wounds of the North London derby. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm 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 happy. I I think and I think thoroughly Leipzig did deserved it after their first half performance. They were brilliant. United were were atrocious. It's like it, it's like they don't even want to try to win football games. And then the second half, you had to have a Bruno Fernandez penalty. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> which was a shoulder to shoulder. I I didn't exactly. think that was a penalty. I also didn't. Yeah, that that didn't look like a foul in the first place. So uh, so yeah, man. I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm really really happy. But Eddie, um, Eddie, why is um, Arsenal still in the 15th position of the league? <laughs> oh, shot fire! Even United also were there till till about they started putting in performances slowly. We also oh, started so putting in. You wanted to replace us. You wanted to replace us because we are now. We are now. We are giving you all chances. Oh, oh, oh! oh, oh. Thank you. <laughs> Arsenal is another champion. You, you need to be careful because Tottenham are there in the Europa and they might just beat you 6-1 again. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. For now, we are focusing on the Derby. I think uh, Derby would be a good win for us. I'm hoping it's a win. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, don't, don't, don't keep high hopes when it comes to Manchester City, dude. Come on, they're City. I, I we, are, we are Manchester United. We are the Red Devils. They are cities. No match. <laughs> that is, that is, that is, that is okay, without dodging just ba- just a bag there, okay. I think it's just a theater of dreams, and now you guys are dreaming too much. So I think you guys need to simmer down a bit. It's a theater of big beans now. 
No, man. Okay. <laughs> let's just get back to the viewing <laughs> matches. So, let's just get back to the West Ham and United match. Adi, what did you make out of the match, man? You know how United were actually a little poor in the first half, but they actually stepped up. They took advantage of the fact that high individual errors came in from Sebastian Harlow and then other West Ham players too. Defensively, they didn't look that sorted. Declan Rice was shambolic again, I felt. Overall, he didn't really play well apart from that one assist he made. So, what is your take? Yeah. Uh, again, I think first half, it was kind of like uh, West Ham's game. Uh, I think United only starts to grow into games in the second half. It's pretty similar to what Arsenal also were going through under Arsene Wenger, uh, you know, about three, four years back. Well, in the first half, it's one team, the opposition dominates. And then the second half, it's 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 completely the opposite. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a good performance. I think I thought after Suchek's goal, I think Haller should have taken his chance. But then he, that was, that was very, very cool. What he did in front, and I think definitely missing Antonio. And in the second half, I think the introduction of the uh, at halftime, he made the changes. He brought in Rashford for Cavani, and uh, you know Bruno for Vanderbilt. And Bruno, man, that that guy, that guy is literally the the epitome of, epitome of what Manchester United is currently. He's he's brilliant uh, in terms of in terms of the way that he's he's he controls the game. I think he came on only for about forty five minutes, and he can he had already created about eight chances. So that speaks volumes of what kind of a midfielder he is. And what kind of a talented midfielder he is. Uh, so so yeah, man. I I think it was it was, it was good. Uh, Pogba's goal was was brilliant. That was that was something yeah. I never expected. That was an absolute screamer. Uh, Greenwood again, talented lad. Just needs to get his head set straight. And then you had Rashford again. That was a very good ball from Juan Mata for the third goal. Oh, yeah. I just think that West Ham just couldn't cope with United's pace and creativity in the second half. I think that was just the the difference. True. Um. But I'd like, um, again, Saheb and Gaurav as well to get into the conversation and even Jostin. Uh, what do you guys think about, um, you know, Bruno Fernandes? Even last night, man, he, as we've all been, we've been speaking really highly of him because he deserves it. Last night too, he had a couple of good shots on target, even with that free kick that he set piece that he took right outside the 18 yard. Uh, you think uh, he had a good chance if, if given that man, United as a team would have worked well. They weren't really that cohesive and they weren't really, you know, uh, clicking well actually. They, they, we didn't see any chemistry between the players. So do you think? Uh, given the fact that Bruno was performing, yeah, the other players around him, if they would have been little average or something of that sort, they could have made a comeback or something. What do you think? I mean, that, that man just can't be replaced. Yeah. I mean, he, he, like I said earlier as well, Ole is trying to build Manchester United alongside Bruno. If uh, the every he's trying to, you know, He's 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 trying to use everything out of Bruno because Bruno has touched his prime um, this season. Bruno is literally the best player uh, of Manchester United. But I mean, uh, the lads around him like Rashford. Rashford has actually not stepped up this season that much. Martial has been lackluster as well, and Greenwood Greenwood has been half decent. He he is lost at um, very moments as well. So yeah, I mean the attack is all on Bruno, and and um uh, to with Bruno, um the through balls he gives, the man that can you know capitalize those chances. I see um Adinson Cavani, which should start over Martial at this moment. Right. 
but um Justin I want your comments man I think you as a Liverpool fan will be giving a couple of good pointers on the match and especially on United's form at the moment yeah see uh, United you know Bruno Fernandes has been uh, their carry carry person right now for United he's showing character he's screaming at the players he's screaming I think in one game he was screaming at Ole even to make subs I don't know which game that was but uh, Uh, yeah he's there you know greenwood you know he's there you know he's he's young he will come up with that rashford is not not there yet for me cavani okay yeah but these two games you know the southampton and the uh, west ham game they showed character for me that's that's what they showed me uh, that's what they showed in this game but against the leipzig game they didn't show anything uh, but in these two games they showed character but one one thing i think we forgot to mention was that first goal of uh, uh, the equalizer for pogba is uh, did that ball go outside or not that was the main talking point all over the news so i don't right. know about that uh, if the goal is there because moise was telling the ball was out and some others were telling the ball was not out so i don't know if that goal was there. but if the goal stood it was good i mean it's a really good goal If right. that was disallowed, it would have been bad. But United, yes, they showed character in these two games. But in the Leipzig game, they didn't show any character, anything. They were just lackluster. I feel like the nerves got to them. I generally think like that. I also think, uh, you know, the fact that Cavani was the major inducer of a lot of energy and a lot of, um, you know, intelligent play, I'd say, because he was missing in last night's match and even Martial wasn't there, right? So I think that is... Yeah. again somewhere united could have capitalized on both these players but moving on man let's just get on to the last two matches we are left with liverpool and wolves and also we're left with the north london derby so let's just start with liverpool and wolves um i'd want prabjot to get into the conversation prabjot what do you think about uh, the match man overall and also if we actually look at the scoreline people will actually say oh wow how uh, liverpool played really well they did but i don't think wolves played uh, pathetic football at all they played really good football as well so what do you think about the match overall i think the liverpool got there by the defense of england and uh, despite those injuries they have in the defense they showed character character so scoring four against wolves and this is something like matlab this is something uh without if if chelsea doesn't doesn't have that defense and they can't even they i can assure chelsea can't score four goals but uh, the kind of score uh, score line and the character and discipline liverpool has showed and also credit goes to klopp um, they showed something they are they are on to winning another uh, Premier League title this season. <laughs> you know, don't be so sure about it, yar. I think Chelsea have also a great chance to win the Premier League this season. I think many teams have a great chance uh, this season. Uh, it, it's going to be close, but I think uh, the kind of problem, the lack of depth, which is another issue due to this uh, this season, and the depth in the team will also play a role because there are a lot of matches. The big the big six has to play a lot of matches. Yep. Need the depth. if they don't have because like uh zika has already got got injured twice in and also on the other hand liverpool players like virgil van dijk and uh, another uh, the, the major defenders have got uh, injured so i think club is trailing coping yep. well 
with the team and uh, they are performing up to the task and they are not lack, uh, lacking behind any team they are not dropping points so i think uh, that's the another reason i think the liverpool is amazing this season again right but enoch what do you think about the match man liverpool versus wolves and also in the first half wolves were really counter attacking same like liverpool and they were like really toe to toe they were uh, trying to show their paces they were trying to show they can play well from the flanks they were going through the middle as well so what is your take on the match um i think there were a few factors that we have to take in first obviously that liverpool don't have their their main right back he hasn't come back fully Trent, he's not. Uh, he's played a little bit, but he's not that fit. So they had to play a relatively inexperienced Nico Williams. I really thought that Pedro Neto would get the better out of Nico Williams, and in the first few minutes, I think he got a yellow card while trying to bring yes. Neto down. So yep. um, I thought that that's going to be the theme. He's going to get sent off, and Wolves are going to scrape a one-zero victory or something. But I think. <laughs> the character that liverpool are showing now is a true you know a champions mentality i would say um they don't necessarily have the the all of their best players playing at the same time but the players that are playing they're giving it their all they're showing that they are they that what happened last season was not a glitch it wasn't something that oh it's they're like a lesser you know one season wonder these players are really i'm i'm really impressed by how liverpool played in this game because yeah. i thought that this was going to be the game liverpool is exposed and i think um okay. for in defense of wolves they were missing raul jimenez and he is a massive massive player for them and um he had an unfortunate injury and i hope he comes back quickly but um when you look at raul jimenez and you try and replace him with daniel podens who is 5-3 you yeah. won't get the same you won't get the same end product you can't cross True. balls into the box and expect the a 5-3 player to head them in right so yeah. obviously wolves were sort of toothless these wolves were toothless due to missing their star player you know the man that would carry their team but yeah. all credit to liverpool they stuck to the guns curtis jones was actually pretty good in midfield he was doing his job pretty well pretty mature Wijnaldum doing his job Henderson as usual a quite a fantastic captain I think Liverpool just went through the paces they kept going on again and again I think all credit to them they deserved the win and I guess that's it can't really say much about that Right so I think the credit also goes to the entire team as a whole especially the midline and the defense man because they were really stable and sturdy on the ball and off the ball too especially I think workhorses like Wijnaldum and Henderson when you have these two you don't really need to worry about what is going to happen behind and also when it comes to long passes and through balls I didn't expect Robertson to be giving those long throughs you know pinpointed and even Henderson yep. for that matter given couple of long balls Uh, you know, down to Mane and even Firmino was actually part of the system, and he was playing really well. I felt. So, yeah. uh, do you think um, that that um, uh, one of those own goals, which I think Semedo it touched Semedo and it went went yes. in, and also yes. um, you spoke about Nico Williams, man. Again, do you think he's actually fallen into the system because when he saw we when we saw him in the first few matches, he was not really playing that well. Obviously, we don't expect that much from a younger player. Do you yeah. think? given that he knows how to dribble so well he's been interchanging his role with uh, the right mid position as well he's going ahead yeah. people are filling in back for him do you think this is a new kind of a dynamic liverpool that we just discovered without our main players being there like trent he just came back from the injury van dijk will be out for some time so do you think 
it's a good opportunity for academy players liverpool is actually showing it to the other teams that they should be giving opportunities to these academy players what is your take on it it's a great it's a great initiative that they are taking because we've seen chelsea are the main people you saw how when academy players stepped up how they have performed mount is one of the best midfielders right now i think nico williams is a pretty decent player of course when you have trent alexander arnold sharing your thing you can't really compare the two of them but i think he is providing a really decent backup like a pretty solid backup for him because he's invariably going to get injured again because trent alexander won't is not a perfect player he's not going to stay injury free for the um for the you know because with so many matches coming up twice a week liverpool are playing champions league football they're playing in the premier league a few cups and sure so i think yeah i think nico williams really he's he's an interesting player i won't put him as a generational player i won't put him i won't i won't put him up with reese james for example who's i think one of who's really really rising up rapidly but nico williams yeah fair play to him he's taken the opportunity that was given to him he did a good job against wolves i'm sure he's going to retain his spot again if trent is not fit to play right that is that is actually good also um but um what do others think um gorov um and yeah jerag also yeah i wanted to add uh, one thing uh, about uh, you know liverpool swing character i think where this is where uh, as a manchester united fan yeah but the looking at the rivalry uh, i'll ignore that and really you know appreciate the uh, efforts that klopp is uh, putting in uh, with main players out especially the defense and uh, you know the the mentality has he has created in the team is just phenomenal that without the first team players they are willing to give like as uh, you know you know uh said uh, that the, the proving themselves you know in every match they giving all they can and they just giving out the results and not this, just the performance you know and this is where i envy liverpool because the, the this team can like with so many main players out like vvd and alisson was also not playing against wolves and uh up for like in the midfield these guys are still providing with quality gameplay you know with uh the scoring everything and just creating chances just mm. being wonderful on the ball not trying to do something you know uh fancy and just playing the casual football the you know the good football the, uh the, just this, this is amazing this and i think uh club needs to be like appreciated as much as like you can because he's a phenomenal manager and i think that is what united lacks if if i uh, you know compare the mentality thing is the uh, point i would like to really appreciate liverpool and highly praise them for, for the fact that yeah the brilliant right but let's just get the liverpool fans on the podium what do you guys think jobson and sahib So your yeah. team we are talking about yeah. so uh, yeah uh, very uh, very so for uh, very positive for the from the wolves game was bobby's performance like i would like to say as art bobby is back i mean he was <laughs> literally very fantastic in that game i mean the the ball yeah. that lobbed through ball from um i mean the our half i mean almost a bicycle through ball to mane which almost which almost was a goal um was absolutely fantastic as well i mean but 
with so many injuries and so many academy players performing like they are not just new with Curtis Jones i mean who i mean i don't see him as a 19 year old i see him as like a 26 27 year old who has experience to play in the premier league he has been really good for us and with nico williams i mean he has been half decent he has been good in few games and making some errors in others as well with i mean i mean uh, so many youngsters have been given chance uh, this year this year for us and like i just saw the lineups for the today's game as well and another yeah, youngster right. another debutant clarkson is starting for us Yeah, well, he's, he's got 22 goals in 20 games, I think, in the PL League Two, right? Yeah. So he he might turn out to be um another you no know, great player for us. Yeah, midfielder. So cool yeah, man. But yeah. one thing um I am really sad for is Nelson Semedo, man. Wherever he goes, wherever he plays against Liverpool, he just he just loses four games. <laughs> Oh, that was a good, good one. Yeah, but but I think Nelson Semedo, to be honest, is he's trying to find his feet, man, in the Premier League. I think coming from Barcelona again, he had a tough time there too. But we beat shit out of them. But what do you guys, um, Justin? You haven't had a say on Liverpool, and even talk about a bit about Wolves, man. Where did they go wrong? You think again they were showing good paces on the ball? Do you think they lack creativity in the middle? Uh, no, I think the problem was Wolves went with four at the back, which is not comfortable, and you don't do experiments with Liverpool with playing four at the back and with that pace line. I think I think that's where they lacked. And Robertson played out of his game for me. Yeah. Genie was everywhere. Robertson yeah. made Tyre uh, Adama to play left wing, so that's what Robertson made him do. So he could play where uh, Nico. For me, Nico Williams really well. Curtis Jones has been really, really good taking his chances. And uh, Keller her even. Oh, Adrian, thank God, Adrian is not our second choice keeper anymore. And uh, yeah, really, really good performance. Henderson out of his game every time. You know, really, really perf- perform really well. And you know, when Trent came, he just gave that. You know, a really good ball in the box, but that was our own goal, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah this uh, I think with players to come back with Thiago, Ox is back in injury. Uh, Ox is back in the team with Thiago, yeah. James Milner. You know, these are coming out, and Van Dijk was sitting on the bench. This will boost the team more for me. And also, I have to credit yeah. to Fabinho and Matip. They have been really, yeah. really good for me, Matip yeah. especially. Matibas, Matibas, yeah, I can see that. Can see Shalka form, Shalka form. Yeah. The Matibas as well, uh, really, really underrated as well. I mean, uh, I guess uh, he is underrated just because he plays for Liverpool, and the drop from Van Dijk to Matibas is, is is a high drop as well. But if you see Matibas' performances, like replacing him. they have just been phenomenal with nat philips coming in as well and kuiv giving very great performances a champions league debut and a premier league debut with clean sheets it's like a dream come true for him true sai but i think you know i think we uh, i think he's uh, right where he is man where he should be because he gave in because of his injuries man to be honest 
that one one off season he was out because of his injury so i think he also had a different yeah, form after that 2017 18 season when jo gomez was being preferred over him is when he actually didn't really get injured it was a month after that he got injured and he was actually dropped from the team so i think it's, I, i think he's right uh, we are rating him we're not overrating him but he's he's not underrated too so i think it's i think he's just showing also also we are went for us for us that also is there the decision against corner No, the corner no, Cody won yeah, the yeah. penalty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think he was being just being a little sly. So, uh, that wasn't really. Yeah. Penalty. <laughs> yeah, that I is not a penalty. Very. Sh- this is one of the worst performances I've seen from an ex cow. So, so what is your take on that, Chirag? What do you think about Connor Cody's performance? He was very bad. I uh, actually haven't watched the Liverpool match, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Cool. But let's just yeah. get on with the next match then Chirag let's just start with you the North London derby we were expecting Arsenal to win i was expecting Arsenal to fucking win but, but Tottenham I think you were the only one who was expecting Arsenal to win yeah i, I didn't expect to <laughs> uh, Arsenal to win i told you <laughs> no i mean would, even even if you see uh, in the pl for india's post you you commented arsenal would make a comeback but i i also said that that arsenal is in no position to do a comeback they just don't have it in them to you know make a comeback and that's that's just what happened and if you see the, both the goals i mean son's goal he himself is like a one man army he he just that that was a beautiful goal i mean Uh, there there's no two ways about it and uh, in the second goal the way harry backed up when uh, he saw that son was not able to you know uh, tackle the ball and pass it he just took it and he scored the goal and i think as as i always said that the coordination between son and harry kane is simply amazing i mean there's there's no two ways about it and mourinho being right. mourinho is masterclass of course True, true. I think it was a defensive masterclass because they were just yeah. on with fifty percent possession on the ball, man. And I, I thought most of the game, if we see the heat map too, average on an average, they were just in their own half. And but it was actually amazing the way how I, I really like Arsenal's left flank. To be honest, Saka and Tierney when they get two on one with their right back, Aurier. I thought even though he was playing behind, but it was two v one, and Sissoko needed to step in there. You know, they were all going behind and they were covering well for the team. But do you think? Despite giving those forty-four crosses, uh, which Saka and Tierney gave, I think in total, uh, where do you think is Arsenal really lacking? Adi, I'll ask you that. You're a guno. I've asked you this plenty of times. <laughs> I keep telling you, I see over the podcast, <laughs> just the creative midfielder, someone who can, uh, you know, help players like Aubameyang find their form. Because I think Lacazette was playing in that, trying to play in that midfield and forward, the one who links up midfield to forward role. I think he was one of our best players uh, during the North London derby, and it's not again like you know Arsenal had a bad performance. I think we were decent with the ball. It's just that we didn't create a lot of chances for our uh, forwards to take. Though there were a few chances. I think Aubameyang should have headed. There was a lovely cross, I think, from Tierney, which came in, which Aubameyang just headed over the bar. Yeah. We did have our chances, uh, but again, man, I think it's just that how destructive uh, Kane and uh, Son are together. I think it was just both of them were, were brilliant. I think Mourinho came in with a plan. Um, his players executed his plan uh, down, right down to the uh, to the last bit. 
um and it's just, it's like arsenal just don't have a plan b uh, i think arteta doesn't have a plan b if if it really doesn't work out you know if plan a is not working out wherein you're you try to hit teams on the counter you're defensively you try to involve only your full backs to pump and crosses he needs to have a plan b but uh, this is also arsenal premier league commentary box do you think uh, how long will spurs continue with the strategy is this going to win them the premier league with do you think so no man i don't think this will win <laughs> i think it'll it's just a matter of time before teams start will will probably find out ways to defend against son and kane and then yeah. first don't really then don't have you know much to offer or it's just one injury away for for tottenham to uh, to probably just uh, catapult and collapse I see I I I still think they are they are definite contenders they are their favorite they are on top of the league the everyone was kind of uh, you know saying that this is that tough run now where they face city chelsea and arsenal and they have come out you know with all three games they they they've come out uh, without without conceding um right. so so that that speaks volumes of how good uh of how good spurs are currently but I still feel that you know they have it in them to you know the they have it in them to kind of like catapult and and go off the top but also in since you mentioned okay uh, you're right about arsenal having many chances but don't you think even a taller attacking you know a uh, number 9 rather a taller player maybe someone like haland i, I know he won he won be coming to arsenal but someone like him if you had a good player don't you think that would have also helped you out because positioning inside the box is necessary when you have tierney and other hectors and you know other players actually punting those crosses in what do you think yeah i think it makes a valid point this would have be actually been the perfect time to have someone like like lord bentner in your team or someone <laughs> like of the of the range of adabayor who are really 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 good really really strong which adabayor was very good for arsenal when he came in yeah he was he was even bentner also was i think uh, spurs fans will fondly remember him when he just came off and with he scored with his first touch against tottenham to give us the win <laughs> Um so yeah so I I think I think where Arteta what his current plan is is not really working out he needs to change it we definitely need a midfielder I think Bellerin was also poor uh, against Spurs I I don't know what's up with his uh, foul throws man he's he's I think out of the last uh, I think three or four games we've had about five throws and Bellerin's been involved in about three or four of them Yeah uh, if the man can't throw then why the I, I don't know why you've been playing in that wing back position Um so so yeah man I I definitely see I I think we need to have a plan B uh again um it's uh, uh there was also the injury of with Partey also kind of like you know disrupted us here there Sebas again no impact in the match at all uh so we definitely need a plan B and I think the the it's it, this this team is just shouting out for a creative midfielder to just come in right um okay let's just get other into the conversation as well um let's start with um gorov himself he's a tottenham supporter gorov to united um yeah of your name who the fuck is a tottenham supporter here i invited someone from tottenham yeah, okay, there's I no one so yeah go on why why didn't we take the desert to you man you were fucking laughing off at united are you bloody steve have you are do do they no i was i was laughing because i, I was laughing because i wasn't uh, going like by so it was like it is a reality like i am not going to defend i can't defend united at this moment you know so yeah laughing like yeah the situation we are in is pretty bad i'm not going to lie like can't you know except for few players you can't defend the performance of others like 
uh, Maguire or <laughs> I don't know and it just it is uh, fucking it's uh, <laughs> it's a disappointment from what we had and now what we have to see you know the performances we have no uh, no managers fucking well stays for more than 2 years and that uh, what do what else do you expect like uh now a lot of supporters uh, i mean at that day i uh, read somewhere that uh, uh the president of the uh, screening club of manchester united fan club from mumbai he uh, he asked to you know withdraw his membership and he cancelled his membership and uh, the the pr team was a like i don't know the, the, this the response was just you know this so casual that was fucking casual yep. uh, so yeah i mean united is not looking the cl- not looking like the club it was i'm sorry like i've, I've joined this uh, conversation as a united fan but uh, you can't really deny the reality I and the first supporter all the way but i'll put you in as a tottenham supporter only okay Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, continue. Let's just stick to the NLD. I think we have spoken enough about United, man. Yeah. Uh, so, is so there what is, like, so what is again with the Mourinho defensive masterclass, whatever you want to call it? You know, Arsenal's gaps in spaces also allowed. Again, Kane was. Again, it was in this very first or second minute. I don't know when they scored the goal, but. Uh, Kane found it very easy to give, you know, that pass, and Son just took it all the way out and scored that goal out. So, is it just that Arsenal were actually pressing pretty high up the pitch too that time? And even the second goal came out something uh, uh, like when Partey actually came out. I think he was a little injured or something. Um, and that is the time when Kane actually gave his left foot, you know, right across, and he got that goal as well. So, do you think it is it just a ten-man Arsenal that was struggling with that, or was it the right time for Tottenham to? you know knock knock the door uh, knock their back door what do you think um i think like uh, uh i don't uh, when i saw the match it was like uh, can't see arsenal uh, with a plan arsenal feels like a team with no plans at the moment um and tottenham on the other hand has a certain mindset about it like about how to go with the ball go off the like about how to go off like when you don't have the ball so with uh with a like and i think uh kane and son together are disastrous they, when they get the ball uh they know what the other person is thinking what like uh the chemistry between them dude it's deadly i i don't think i i can't really blame arsenal on any other team the, the duo is disastrous it's just kill every other team right there and it's not just arsenal or one team they just kill every 19 teams in the pl and it's not uh one season wonder it has been going on for i guess i guess for few seasons so the consistency is also the key and uh when i uh, mourinho is utilizing that fact mourinho knows that these guys are deadly in front of the goal and and i think that he just provided with them uh, the them the mentality yeah you can defend you can sit back make kane the defensive midfielder when they don't have the don't have the ball but when they counter attack they just no team can uh, contain them they just go and they just i mean the goal son scored i mean the i mean what was that goal it came out of nowhere this this i i can't really blame leno there it was i don't 
think anyone like even in the Tottenham side was expecting that shot and he just took it and it was just a, a phenomenal goal so i mean the, the that game was uh, mourinho's show like he knew what was happening he knew he had everything in control he knew uh, that arsenal is really struggling with the mentality and you know they're not performing well so he, he, he was just for me tottenham were far superior even before the game this started they were leading in mentality and t- tactically they were superior arteta needs to get uh, his uh, mind back or you know change the tactics play obameyang and uh, lacazette up front and not wings where i mean the players need to play at the natural position and not in the position their ma- his manager want right now because I, uh, there are certain issues with arsenal that needs to be fixed and obama will up front for this game so uh... i yeah but there's again there comes this uh, question of a creative midfielder or a, a pr- provider of you know provider which is like basically a player like um, maybe bruno or you know i i don't know brazil actually Ha Ozil yeah like Ozil is in the squad i mean a creative midfielder who can provide Oba or Lacazette with the ball and Lacazette has been very poor in finishing the you know he go, he gets chances but i think his finishing has been really poor uh, recently i don't know man and so uh, Aubameyang like the both need a creative midfielder a supporter midfielder who you know gives them the ball on the feet in the box and i think that really lacks i think arsenal throughout the match also shifted to a 352 kind of a formation you know when they wanted to go ahead when they had the ball in their this thing but but you know even when we know that their left flank is the most deadliest that time i saw jaka you know stepping in filling in that left back position but pate in the first half was being left alone if you seen he was actually surrounded by tottenham players through and throughout and they were actually occupying those mid spaces they could easily break down arsenal's threat through the middle there was no there was no threat as such apart from the flanks you know so again enoch what is your take on this and also when we saw aubameyang come into that number 9 role and lockett tried to get in with that number 10 role and tried to you know um help pate out with those pinpoint passes whatever it was what do you think it didn't really work out in their favor did it um i'm just looking at the arsenal lineup right now and i can see at least two players who should not be even near this lineup i don't know why granit shaka is there and i don't know why hector bellerin is there if we saw yeah. the match granit shaka i don't i don't think there was even one positive thing that he did he was making careless challenges he was not passing the ball well he was not playing positively when you play positively you don't pass the ball back to your defenders you take the ball you look up front you pass it you spread the ball out even georgino georgino he's criticized for not playing defensively sound but he does not pass the ball back straight to his defenders he turns around he starts picking out players in front so i i really think that maitland niles maitland niles was sitting on the bench uh he should have he should have um started instead of granit shaka and um this whole arsenal team it's looking very much like a it's like putting a a square pole into a round hole it's it's a very disjointed team they're just throwing random players together it's like when you when you take a rolex apart and then you throw all the parts together in a box and you shake the box hoping that you get a rolex out 
of course you won't get a, a rolex out just by shaking the parts and hoping that the parts will glue themselves together i don't see why thomas partey who came right back from an injury he had no reason to start this match he should not have started this match it's going to be a very high octane match there was going to be a lot of running it was quite disappointing actually by arteta i thought he was better than this he shouldn't have started him there were but to be fair there was basically no one on their bench there was joe willock eddie nectia mustafi is there maitland niles is there sebayos is there and it's quite but sad in the second half they made efforts of getting the midline in, inside the box too in the second half i felt they had a okay. better in the second half oh yeah no i'm not doubting that they could have done so much they could have done so much but again oba he's just gone missing he signed that 330000 a week and he's like ah i'm just going to spend this money i'm just going to flick this money around i ain't going to do anything right now i'm just done he is basically hung up his boots he's about to retire it looks like he's going to retire tomorrow by the rate of this he isn't scoring he isn't doing anything it's quite sad really from going to from one of the most feared forwards to this basic dud he would play in the championship at this level it's quite sad actually looking at him and um yeah it's quite sad actually no wonder you can put 44 crosses into the box if you don't have a player who can head it's worthless it's worthless exactly. oba didn't do anything lacazette didn't do anything lacazette tried but he couldn't do anything william was doing some random stuff on his own he was trying a little dribble trying a little cross saka was trying his best poor guy he's one of the only guy who was really pushing up who was really doing yeah. ஒரு He I think he's really good last season. He was really good last season for Chelsea. He was good. Yeah. No, 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 no. See, these are the he people. Was. See, did you watch every main game? You know the whole Chelsea game. People who just see the highlights, it's fine. He looks like a great player, but that's why I'm no, happy that he's gone from the club. All Chelsea matches, we see big six matches. So he did play well, man. He played well. I did watch a lot of Chelsea games. See, he was good. But we have to remember when you look at his set piece delivery. Did we? Did he have good set piece delivery? Man was always hitting the. He wasn't man. a goal scorer, my friend. He wasn't really a goal he scorer. He was the one who created goals. Yeah, he actually just scored uh, around forty goals, maybe in ten years or eight, nine yep. years, I think. That's fair. No, we have to actually see what when he was at Chelsea, he had set piece duty, and when you have players like Zuma at the club, we could see the difference. Last year, William was hitting our first man at the corner, and this year he's doing the same for Arsenal. There's basically no difference. He's a great player, but he's really—I don't think that he is meant for this club. He is not. I think he's past his prime, quite honestly. Great player, but past his prime. Oh, but I I think man you know it's a little, little tough because we have, we are being little harsh on him because it's just been 11 matches it's a new club for him let him let, just stay the season let's see how it works out for Arsenal if it doesn't work out next season too obviously he'll be here but I think he's definitely going to do better than Nicolas Pepe man to be honest in my personal I, opinion I really think Nicolas Pepe has 10 times he's no Nicolas Pepe is 10 times the player he could be 10 times the player but he's not 10 times the player he's quite a disappointment actually but we have to remember that we are just blaming individuals just one or two individuals while it's the whole Arsenal team actually that has to take the blame rob holding 
for he was backing off for that remember the second goal for kane he didn't come out he was backing off backing off backing off and of course they'll take a shot of course they'll score you can't back off forever you have to take initiative so it was it was quite a disappointing match i think from a neutral view to see arsenal very pitiful like it was it was looking like a shadow of their past self just spamming crosses into the box hoping that somehow something is going to happen and tottenham just overrunning them quite honestly Yeah. True man. I mean, they are in shambles right now and they need to buck up and they will come across like they will come back at some point or another because we've seen Arsenal stepping up. They don't really they're not that club who finish in the top uh, in the bottom 10. They finish in the top uh, 10 uh, in the table. So, I think they should come back man this season but Let's see, man. It's really tough. The season is very competitive with the kind of influx we've had from all over Europe. Different players coming in, teams have changed entirely. Chelsea has changed into a new club. We don't, we didn't really associate with this kind of a Chelsea. So explosive now, all of a sudden. For sure. Um, so yeah, man. I think we are done with the discussion. So anything you guys want to say before I end the podcast? Like everyone can have something to say about. the game week or something they're looking forward to I any prediction like about the north london derby man i think what kane does uh, i think it was highlighted after the game as well where you know there's an aerial wall coming in and man goes and shoves his back into the player who's who's jumping in the air i think mm. that should be now looked more strictly or more sternly by by the referees he's been doing it in the past i even shared it on our whatsapp group yeah that was kind of dodgy uh the one which he does on gabriel cuz gabriel could have seriously got injured man and that's yep. that that's not the way you play football that's definitely not <laughs> but, but if they were like gotten injured adi i think he would have been removed from the game dude like even in lanana's case i am sure he must have seen that too it was quite um yep. little no because little, he's not even looking for the ball he's looking at the man and he's trying to see okay is he going to jump now and then shoves his back in and then wins a foul that's that's rubbish man that's rubbish and i can't believe the referee is actually going to give give kane, give kane the They say that O'Kane was fouled, but Kane is nowhere even challenged for the ball. You know, maybe the impression is as such the player was actually on the ground and Kane's taking a leap, right? So it, it's as such the player is probably trying to push him when he's taking a leap. Is the impression the referee might have gotten from that? Maybe. Yeah, that that no wonder Kane yeah. wins and this. This is like like crucial times, like the Lalana one. I think Brighton were actually attacking and were looking dangerous, and then he comes and he does that to kind of relieve off the pressure. Yeah, hey, that that's a dick move, man. But but we also spoke about Bergwijn, man. He's been a regular starter now since the past four five games. I think he's actually out outclassed everyone, especially Gareth Bale. We were actually expecting him to be in the starting eleven. What do you guys think about Gareth Bale, man? Hmm. Uh, not ex. I didn't expect much from him, to be fair. Um. He's coming. He went to the La Liga as Tottenham's wonder boy. Their, you know, their, their child. You know, like, and he had actually quite a decent time at Real Madrid, which was overshadowed by, you know, a lot of a few goal droughts. But he actually he had quite a decent time at Real Madrid. But coming True. back, he's he's. We have to all remember that he's not as young as he used to be. He doesn't have the stamina that he used to have. He could run on and on, miles and miles. but he's actually he's quite a decent player i was watching him um he was he was playing i think yeah in that match itself he did a few flicks he did a, a few things and stuff like that so he's he's doing his thing i doubt he'll be a very influential player but he'll be good for team morale i'm sure having him back at the club a experienced player it'll be good for the club on the whole 
right but i think Jod- he needs uh, more chances uh, in the in the starting lineup or maybe in the substitute he's no he's not seen in the matches at all that's what i feel His i think morino is doesn't want to change because right now when something's working you don't want to change what's working don't try to make something that's working better so i think it's fine actually how they're going right now 